with uh, Michael Ruff on Hawaiian time. So Hawaiian time. Hawaiian time is, tell me what Hawaiian time is. What does it mean? It means you get there when you get there. Whoa, you know, and we're also on Facebook loudness. Okay, that was pretty wicked. Wow. Um, okay, so what does Hawaiian time mean? It means I get there when I get there. Where's the food? So we were sitting there for a half an hour, and I knew when you walked out of the room at 4.58, we were, we, we, we were headed for late. That, that was just going to happen. Yeah. Well, Michael, you know, I, I have been in the land of Michael Ruff for quite some time now, and I'm, I'm very happy to meet you, but I noticed when, uh, when we came face-to-face, there, there was no hello to me. It was just you and Snuffy having this all-time chat, but I, but I, un, I understand that. So, so tell me something. Nice to meet you. Right? It's, it's nice to meet you too. It was really just been, good to see Snuffy's face. And, and I, I know he's thrilled to see yours. And mad love all over the place. And uh, we're going to talk about how all that started. Um, I have literally been obsessed with you. We watch your video. We watch your little desk video, literally like five times a day, every day. We're obsessed with you, with Olivia, with Paul. Um, we need to get you guys a life. We, and okay. So did you get any, did, did anything, how could you not get that from that video? It was, it's the greatest. Well, did you get feedback from it? Um, yeah, we got great feedback from it but you know just friends and family but not from little not from little desk tiny desk no you tiny have desk. to have purple hair and be sort of undecided mm, sexually undecided i didn't say it you said it i said it yeah yeah no and it's tiny desk like it can go from right tiny this way desk. To, there's some amazing people on there and they also have thousands of people they that do. are doing it so we were happy olivia wanted to do it so we just wanted to be a part of it you know also um heard olivia's tiny desk um piece which was also fantastic she's just so olivia okay so i was just muting so that i could get into the screen and everybody's saying hello and i just was making myself uh hi everybody hi everybody hi everybody it's good to see you those i know and those i don't know now i know (laughs) So, so what's the deal? You have this Facebook page, but you can't access it. And, and why is that? I'm anti-social media. You are anti-social media. I am. So, okay. So, all right, we're going to talk about where you come from and how you got to Hawaii. And I guess we ought to be kind of linear about it. But in the meantime, if you, if you play something for us, it will, first of all, make us all happy, especially me. And also it will allow me to do some housekeeping and, and put this link out there. So, Okay. Don't play my favorite song yet, but, but play something for us, Michael. Which one is your favorite song? You know which one is my favorite song. We've the, discussed you like the Wishing Well song. That's the, my favorite yeah. song. Okay. No. Okay. No. I'm going to play Wishing Well. Are you crazy? No, you're not going to do that now. Um, I'll play you a new song. Oh, good. Perfect. Do you hear a piano? Does it sound like a piano? It sounds great. Okay, this is for my wife. Hi, beautiful wife. She's at work, so she's not allowed to watch the social, you know, stuff. (laughs) 
and I'm hoping, I'm hoping, anyway. save me from the darkest days with your tender look and your warm embrace when I'm feeling the heat from the fires of hell your love is like cool water from the deepest well if you ever wonder If I ever wonder Nobody but you uh, I forgot the second verse <laughs> <laughs> Oh shoot, I can't remember Fake it. Your tongue can break my spirit in a thousand ways. Still somehow never seems to ease your pain. You push me away. Nobody but you. Nobody but you. 
trying to get this uh, thing that was beautiful and is this going to be on your new album yes yes it is <gasps> okay so now if people want to hear your new music michael how can they do that uh <laughs> they have to come and do all my jobs for me and work for other people and give me the time to finish my own stuff that's cool. uh-huh no uh, you know i just have to finish it that one's recorded and Olivia sings on it, and uh, a guy named John Cruz sings on it. Do you know who John Cruz is? I do not. If you don't, you should know. He's a okay. Beautiful Tell me about him. Artist. He's from, uh, he's from Hawaii, and he's had a lot of really great songs through the years. He's like a, he's not a Hawaiian artist, really. I mean, he is sort of the quintessential Hawaiian star. Hey, I look, I have pictures of people. Let me um. See. So, so, all right. So let's talk about this. Cause Michael, you are an enigma. You, there is so little about you. On, I, I could not find one interview. Where are you? Wait a minute. There's a picture what? there. Oh, that's, that's you guys. Cruz. Yeah. John, you Cruz. are not technically challenged. You he can had a song called, um, Island style, which oh. was big over here. Huge in huge. Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm thinking of ganja style. That's a whole different thing. Not ganja style man on the Island. I... We do it island style From the mountains to the ocean From the windward to the leeward side On the island Anyway, I'm promoting John But he sounds like a man when he sings as opposed to me Anyway, I'm working What do you mean as opposed him, to you? And he's, because I sound like a little minion <laughs> um, He's really good And we're working together lately We're going to do a tour on the, um, on the west coast At the end of June Wait, wait, West Coast of Hawaii or West Coast here? Your West Coast. This is a wonderful thing because then we get to come see you. When is this going to be? Last week of June, first week of July. I this think. is really soon. All right, I'm all excited now. I mean, this anyway. is wonderful. This is wonderful news. I'm very happy about this. Um, Snuffy's going to be thrilled. Um, okay, yeah, we haven't are you going to be the house in a long time? It's really. <laughs> are you, you going to be in LA? I don't think so. It doesn't matter. We'll come wherever you are. We'll come. Yeah, we'll come find you. I don't know. Anyway, I was telling you that John was singing on it. I'll play mm -hmm. you just a little piece of it because it's right excellent. There. Do it. You, baby, you. Nobody but you. Okay, we have to talk Pivar. about that. I've known Pivar for almost 40 years. Yeah. And I did not realize that you guys grew up together. So let's talk about that. So from Utah? No. No. Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. Connecticut. Okay, so how long were you in Utah? I was born in Utah. Okay. And threw me out of there right away. And then, <laughs> and then you were at, oh, see, Rufus is going to uh, go nuts because I grew snuffy. up in... Uh, Connecticut and Boston. 
with my uncle and then Connecticut. And then I moved to New York and then Woodstock, New York, and then LA. Okay. So wait, let, let's take this trajectory a little slower. Where did the music come in? What, what state were you in when the music happened for you? You mean doing music for a living? Yeah. Well, no. When, when, when did you start playing piano? I've always played piano ever since I was a little little kid. You know how a little two-year-old can sit at an instrument and he just either has a sound or he doesn't? Yes. So I was always a piano player, like from when I was three. And just because you were drawn to it, you just sat down and you just did it? It's just a gift. It was there and I could just do it. Yeah. And did you take lessons or are you all self-taught? All self-taught? Um, I took a lesson here and there, but I'm not a trained musician. But you read music? Hardly. I read chords, you... rhythms, but I don't read notes. I wish I had learned, but I can't spell discipline. Never mind. Practice. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to fix in my in-ears, man. Yeah, I know. My, my, my stuff is popping out, too. All right. So so you played right away. And when when did you start to play with other people? A uh, teenager, growing up as a teenager in the project that we lived in, my, the landlord had a band, a country band, so I used to play with him on weekends. And this is in Connecticut? Uh-huh. And this is where you knew Pivar? Yep. Our moms knew each other from the uh, mental hospital. And they well, became that's... friends. Okay. And then we became friends. Uh, we met separately. We met through a friend of mine, uh, Pete Zipfell was a drummer and uh, he introduced me to Pivar and he lived in Bloomfield and I lived in Manchester and we we were in bands together and we played in the basement basically just playing Jeff Beck songs and like like how old were you guys when you were playing together 14 15 yeah wow we were a teenager so we've known each other since then and then we went through you know all the stuff that people go through with their families and my mom and his mom both had problems with um I don't know if I should say this, Jeff. I don't know if I should share like all the inside info. You know, Jeff, Jeff's anyway. done my thing and, and I know Jeff for a lot of years and I think he'd be okay with you talking. Anyway, that's why we're close because we, we share mom stories and music stories. And then uh, I, I, I can't remember the scenario, but I think I brought him to LA or I had him audition for Ricky Lee Jones, which is our first I know Ricky group Lee that we played together. And then, and then uh, we've kept in touch all these. He's a great musician. It's amazing. Beautiful. He's great. So, so now wait. So what kind of bands are you doing when you're 14 and 15? What kind of music are you, are you guys playing? Are you, are you playing, are you playing out? What? Are you playing out? Are you playing? Yeah. 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 Like, well, I started out playing the bars, you know, just playing country songs. I can't remember the guy very well but we were just playing whatever was popular then you know playing cover songs yeah yeah cover songs and then uh my next door neighbor his name was win allen was a sax player and he had a band a black band called the, the fabulous swans these are the guys that were wearing sunglasses in the elks club <laughs> at night playing earth wind and fire songs so he invited me to play in that band you know, with the black lights and the, those black light posters of the, you know, <laughs> and that was a great education. Playing all Ohio players and Earth, Wind, and Fire, and all the R and B 
songs, you know. That was sad. And were you always, I mean, your voice, the voice I gather was a gift as well and just mm-hmm. kind of came to you. It was clear and strong when I was young, but now it's sounding a bit more like Gandalf. But, so, uh, no. so, so were you, you were always the, the keyboardist and the singer, I'm assuming. I started singing because I couldn't compete with a guitar player. So I started writing songs and it, it, it went from being strictly a piano player. If I was a trained musician, I probably could have been, you know, a decent like jazz or classical pianist, but it didn't go that way. It went the route of writing songs. So that that's kind of how the singing started. I'm never we were listening to you do like a jazz thing just before we had Alexa shuffle you, and she played this jazz thing that Snuffy had never heard before. Actually, that was I loved, and it was it was it sounded almost like a sting horn player in there. I I don't know what it was. She didn't give us the name, but I'll have to go back and find it. Anyway, um, yeah, you could do all of that. You could certainly do all of that. It's just music. It, if you chose it. So, okay. So, so you're playing. So how does the first, how do you start making money <laughs> as a musician? I get paid 50 bucks for a weekend with the landlord. And then you pay 50 bucks for your drink tab with the fabulous swans. And <laughs> then uh, there was a guy in Woodstock, New York, his name's Don Moore. Mm-hmm. And he was a real mentor for me. He invited me to move to Woodstock and play in his band. He had a, you know, just cover band. Uh, and they played all around the Catskills and New York City and upstate. Where I was. What, what year is, what, when, when is this? 70 something. Oh boy, I'm there then. Okay. I don't know, 78, mm-hmm. 79, 80. Oh, gone already. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, I moved to Woodstock, I was 18. He came to my house and told my mom, I'll take care of him, don't worry. And, um, uh, I learned a lot, man, playing in his band. Great bass player and singer. Now he's a pastor. He's been a pastor for years. And uh, when I told him that I came to the Lord, he was like, all those years, I knew you were going to be a good Christian. I go, well, I had to be a good idiot for long enough. Now I'm really a good Christian. And I'm a we'll terrible We'll talk about Christian. that, too. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. But, so, okay, so you're playing in this band up in the Catskills and stuff, and you're making some money. You're you're out. When do you go to New York? Is New York next? When do you go to New York? Uh, yeah, I went to Woodstock, and then I met people in Woodstock, musicians, and uh, come play with us and do some sessions. And then I moved to the city for a minute. When were you in the I city? Some guys. You know, I, I don't know the years. I moved from New York mm-hmm. to L.A. in 81, maybe. Okay. 81 or 82 really good friend of mine named Cal David, an amazing mm-hmm. blues singer and guitarist. He just passed this year. He was mm, a good sorry. friend, and he was very much of a mentor. He had a band called the Fabulous Rhinestones, and they used to play in Woodstock and in the city. And then uh, I met a drummer who brought me to L.A., Daoud Shah. He was the drummer on Saturday Night Live, the one that uh-huh. they fashioned Animal after. And he was playing, he's Van Morrison's drummer. And he played uh, on all those great Van Morrison records. And then he brought me out to L.A. to play with the band that he was recording and playing with. And that's how I moved to L.A. So you moved to L.A. And then how long did it take till you were doing your own thing, till you were doing Michael Ruff and Friends? <laughs> long time. 
but oh. you, I mean, I think I started playing at clubs around there with my musician friends, and then I would write songs so that we could have something to play together, start writing songs, and that's where it sort of de developed. Excuse me. And so, who was in who was in your first your first band? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, out in L.A. that you were playing the clubs with. L.A. I had a jazz band with David Schwartz. He's a composer mm -hmm. and a bassist. Um, David Schwartz and Russell Bazette was a drummer. And we had a band called Radar. <laughs> and then, I was musicians in band names. So we could go on about that. Yeah. <laughs> they just, anyway. Radar's good. You know, I apologize. I'm really really shitty at talking about myself and like michael there is nothing have you ever done it i did a deep dive i could not find one conversation of you online not one that's good i guess no have, have you have you done this this is my third zoom call the other two were with my family and one oh no fourth one with a wedding coordinator well, I know it's because of Snuffy, but I'm I'm very grateful. Thank yeah. you. Anyway, I apologize for my my. You can feel the shutdown when you start asking questions about the past because. Yeah, but but, but I can't remember if I took in the garbage cans. <laughs> never mind who was in my first band. You know what I mean? Well, we so we can stay we can stay in things that that okay. are are more relevant. How about that? Okay, so how did you meet Snuffy? Oh man, how did I meet Snuffy? I met Snuffy through Katie Seagal. Okay. You know who Katie Seagal is? I do. Um, the the guys that I moved to LA to play, Freddie Beckmeyer was was mm -hmm. her, I think it was her husband at the time or boyfriend. And I lived with them, with Katie. And she introduced me to Snuffy at that time. And then we were just instant friends. And then From I what he told me, he had his band. He had the uh what band did he have with with um Joe Triano and he you had Michael Ruff and friends and you guys were on a double bill or something that's what he said is that not true yeah I, I don't know he's got a better memory and then he said you guys like merged the two bands kind of oh, okay Joe Toronto yeah Joe Toronto Great yeah musician. he actually played play my at, living club, room. at my place right Monica that's kind of where the whole <laughs> thing started it was a great place for musicians to gather and the owner Matt he was just catalyst you know he put everybody together gave us an opportunity to play and then the band that we were in with snuffy was ralph humphrey my dear friend ralph and humphrey. i'm so sorry i i know that he just passed recently he did yeah he did well you know nobody gets out alive oh god no i, I guess mean, that's true, true. so yeah. rejoice and be thankful and bring something to the party you know <laughs> because tomorrow's not promised it really isn't. And it's easy to say, and it's a little harder to live, but mm -hmm. it's not promised. And whether you're young or whether you're an old guy like me, it's still the same, you know. No, anyway, you Ralph Humphrey, beautiful drummer, could play anything in any time signature without even batting an eye. And mm -hmm. Jimmy Johnson, the, the amazing Jimmy Johnson on bass, and the amazing Snuffy Walden on guitar. And we used to just look at each other and just laugh. And I still feel like that when I watch him play. He's just, he's pure soul when he's playing, you know? And I would just look at him and just 
feel the joy. I watched some videos of you guys from back in the day. First of all, he looks like his son Connor with a guitar because he that he looks exactly like that now. And um and he was shred he makes fun of people who shred, guitarists who shred, but he was shredding when he was playing with you. He was kind of shredding. And yeah, uh, yeah. I we came from different places musically, you know, well, I'm, he's a blues guy and a rock guy. And I was, I consider myself a blues guy, but I, I do know some changes, you know, and he, he was always sort of little intimidated by the chords. If, if it was just E to A, but I decided to go, you know, and he just, he'd go like this, literally go like this and then come in with, you know, <laughs> amazing. Anyway, okay, okay, hold on, flashback pictures. Okay, good, good, good. Hold on. Where is it? Did I click oh, on good show and tell? This is my favorite. Show and tell. <gasps> oh my okay, gosh. So that's my son Paul. Oh my lord, he looks just like you. And my wife is holding up, you know, Michael Ruff, like a Michael Ruff picture. I guess she is. And Paul's making fun of me basically on here. <laughs> making the face? Yeah. Making yeah, it. he's making the face anyway uh, uh so okay so so you're out in la when, when when were you playing the bitter end i read something today or i heard you tell a story um when did you play at the bitter end for ken gorka oh man every year i would just call him up and he'd make space he'd throw all the bands out so we could have a whole night and was this in the 80s all through the 80s yeah uh, um lincoln schleifer introduced me to ken Lincoln's a bass player in uh, in New York. Because I was booking what used to be the other end and became the Rock and Roll Cafe. I was booking that in the oh, 80s. Yeah. That's how I met Pivar. And yeah. um, and yeah, Ken we Gorka was play, a good friend we of mine. Going through town, you know. Michael, you're coming. Tell me what day, what day you're going to play. <laughs> so <laughs> now, wait a minute. There was a really good story about how, I think it was SIR sent over some equipment for you and something happened that day. Do you remember that story? Yeah, because I didn't have equipment. I rented equipment. So you they, rented equipment, and what happened? They brought it. They set it up. We sound checked it, and then some guys came in and picked it up. Yeah, <laughs> we're picking up the equipment for Michael Ruff, but it wasn't SIR. It was just they just put it in the truck and took off with it. So, and so, so how did that play out? Expensively. Yeah. Did you get to do your gig that night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We found some other drums and another keyboard, and that was it. That's New York. You can't, yeah, they'll take it while you're that's sitting. That's balls to the walls. That's that's pretty ballsy. So um, so Je you and Jeff didn't do, Jeff did do stuff with you through the years, yeah? We played with Ricky Lee. Um, how did you, how'd you get the gig with Ricky Lee? How'd you connect with her? I think I auditioned. Tony Bronigal. Got me Tony, I know Tony. Yeah. Sure. Um, he brought you in? I think so. Mm -hmm. Now you're asking for memories. You're oh, okay. Memories is going to get very uh, total recall here. You can just make it up because nobody else knows the answer. Yeah, no. no. I'm kidding. Um, but, yeah, Ricky Lee. And then... That was a learning experience and an amazing gig. She's incredible. Yes. Oh, boy. I, I knew this was going to happen. He knows my oh. name. <laughs> no, Rufus can hear that Snuffy is 
getting ready to leave, yeah. I think. That's that's the deal. Rufus, come here. Hi, Rufus. Say hi to Michael. He can't hear me. Yeah, he can't hear you. You don't have um, doggy headphones, doggy Zoom headphones? Doggy, doggy Zoom. So, all right. Um, I can tell this is going to be challenging because <laughs> memories are like, we're just going to play a lot of music and, and we're going to forget all those memories. All right. Wait. So... I'm sorry. How, I apologize. I'm being no, don't apologize. This is who you are. This is good. I I like you just the way you are. So, when did you start? How did you start writing music? You you don't really read. How do you do you write I on the piano? As a kid on the piano mm -hmm. in the basement of the apartment where we lived in Connecticut. And then did you? Oh boy, Snuffy, I'm gonna kill you. And did you? Um, I knew this was gonna happen. All right, I'm going to have to get up and I'm going to have to let Ruth, I'm going to have to open the door. Hold on. You you know what? I'll keep wait, everyone uh, wait, busy. I got an, I got I got the answer. You play something, Michael, and I'll I'll go out of here and you play. Okay? Uh, play something and I'll quiet Rufus. Okay. No, he's fine. He's fine. All alone. I feel all alone. There's some exercise music. Leia, come here. Come here. Come here, sweetie. Come on. Come up here. Come on. Come on. There we go. Dog for a dog. Wait a minute, did you not play something while I was gone? Oh, I did, I played the whole song. It was amazing. <laughs> Look in the comments, it's incredible. <laughs> You've just been talking to your dog while I got Rufus. Well, now Snuffy's gone, so maybe the okay. he's gone to his BMI thing. All right, so, so how, all right. You played with Ricky Lee, you played with Ricky Lee with, with Jeff. Did, oh, was this Jeff, like a yeah, natural- musicians. Was this like- Ryan. Reggie McBride was a bass player. Chuck Rainey was the bass player. Um, Art Rodriguez on drums and Tony Bronigal. And so did most of these gigs that you would get happen because somebody would mention you or um, did you have a manager who was sending you up for auditions? Like how did things happen for you? No, I didn't have a manager. I, you I did know. later. Snuffy told me you did. Oh, I don't know. I've had a few managers sort of a little bit here and there. Yeah. But uh, no, you don't musicians. It's a social thing. You're in a club and you hear somebody play and you go, oh, man, you're great, man. Yeah, give me a number. And then it, one thing leads to another. That's the social aspect of getting gigs. Right. Playing regularly, you know, in clubs. And mm -hmm. then we had a regular gig in Santa Monica and everybody used to come down there and watch and play and sit in. I can just go through names and names that I can't. Tell, tell us some. No, <laughs> everybody. I mean, just no, you know, the first rule of interview is you never say no. It's like improv. You have to say yes. That's the okay, rule. Pretend, uh, this, the Italian is, no, uh, hold on. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find another. I, wait, I, I, I searched the Rolodex of my mind. <laughs> um, that club was great. We we had. At, you're talking about at my place, from, I assume. The guys from Journey. Everyone would come and sing with us. Stevie sat in there. 
just man everybody yeah and then it was you know it was a scene the band was great and yeah i mean and you got a record how, deal from that didn't you that's how things happen i got a record deal with warner brothers from playing at a club called the flying jib wait a minute it wasn't from at my place that you got no, the record deal. no so it was after that it was after that yeah, okay it started after Jib was in Encino, and I used to play there with the guys from Rufus. That is exactly where I am right now in Encino. Not with well, I am with Rufus actually. See, um, <laughs> beautiful, it's full circle. It's full, full circle. So Snuffy told me that you got him Shaka, and then he brought you in on. What did he bring you in, Laura Branigan? That that you Laura guys Brannigan. that you would bring each other in on things. Yeah. yeah. You always try to call your friends, especially if they're right for the gig, you know. And so for you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. For for you, his, who is so obviously a front man, how, how was it, how is it for, how was it for you to, to be the, the MD, to, to be the, how, did you enjoy that? Was that fun for you or was it not? Was it just a work? Was it just work? No, it's really fun. It's really fun. It's hard work if you need to learn the songs exactly like the record and play them exactly like the record every time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That that goes against my very nature. But being an MD mm -hmm. is a little off the hook because I could play the feel, you know, piano part and get the second keyboard player to do the, you know, do the string and the horn lines exactly the same every time. So if you have the right people, it was cool. Like with Laura Brannigan, can... um, I mm -hmm. think it was Brian Beckbar was the other keyboard player. And he's so consistent and so good. And he played the same stuff. Every... And I could just play feel, you know. So somehow made that work because I'm not terribly organized. And I, I just let people be themselves. I get musicians and kind of encourage them to, you know, the hard part. And Shaka let you be yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about being an MD is that you try to communicate what the artist wants mm -hmm. or what they need to the musicians and then get the musicians to learn the stuff and play it strong. And if you need to change the arrangement or, you know, change the sounds to get it sounding right or, you know, get it to work on tour. I had a ball with Shaka. She's so musical. You, know? you guys were amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Oh. Well, there's a lot of video to prove it. Um, she's in a class by herself. Um, she let me mess with the arrangements, which was cool, because everybody always kind of played them like the records, you know, and then we made up our own stuff. But that's who you are. You, you're kind of in the you're kind of an in the moment kind of guy is what I'm getting. Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. So so what got you to Hawaii? I think it was an airplane. I feel like I'm interviewing my son's best friend. Is he a clown? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when I lived in LA, you could fly to Hawaii. It was less than 300 bucks. I think round trip It was cheap. And I had yeah. an apartment in Santa Monica and I was always on the road. And then um, I came here on vacation to Kauai, mm -hmm. came on vacation. And then uh, I came a couple of times and then I ran into Alan Thomas. He's a great singer songwriter artist he lives here he's lived here forever and uh we ran into each other at radio shack 
Nice. Yeah. And he says, uh, I want you to play on some of my records. I'm going to be in L.A. at a studio. And we, you know, been a fan of yours. He used to come to my place. And uh, then he introduced me to a guy named Neil Norman. And Neil had a, a like a farm, a palm ranch, palm farm. And he had a loft apartment in his barn, which I rented year round for, I think it was $300 a month. So I would just fly back and forth. Wow. And then eventually uh, uh, I met my first wife. We got, she got pregnant. Um, and I believe you got married in Snuffy's backyard from what I heard tell. Is he making that up? No, he can have it if he wants it. <laughs> He's making it up, huh? Which backyard? In Ekansalis, the studio backyard. He said you had either a reception or something back there. I think he's thinking of the other Michael Ruff, but I, you know, let's not burst his bubble. Wow, I can't believe. Well, you know, I th he wasn't even drinking then, so that we have to talk about that. All right. Well, anyway, so so you 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 had you 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 had a first wife, and you guys yeah moved to Hawaii. Um, we moved to Hawaii. She's she was part Hawaiian, so we just moved here. But I kept a place in L.A. Mm -hmm. you know? And then are uh, you are you still working? Are you still going out on tour and doing all of that stuff? No, no, no. Eventually, um, gave up the place in L.A. and just we've been here. It's going on thirty years, maybe a little less. I met my my current wife, my only wife, Gracie. Gracie, twenty four years. We met on the beach. I was going to say, how'd you meet? She thinks it was a green dress. I think it was a red dress. Definitely <laughs> a red uh, Trans Am. Okay. And uh, no, we 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 had a good life so far. I I love that. I I love all the music you write for her. All the things you say about her before you play them. And uh, hold on, was, hold on. Okay. Somebody somebody wrote. Um, I love you more than you'll know, um, more than you'll ever know. I'm wondering if they want you to play it. Is that why you're writing this here? Yeah, that's that is everyone's favorite Michael Ruff song. So do you want? Well, it's not mine, but Except I love I like it very much. But it's not my favorite. But <laughs> um, but why don't you? What would you play it? There's there's my wife. Oh oh stop! Yeah, she's beautiful. That's beautiful. And, you you uh, look like you belong together. That's beautiful. Oh, God knows we belong together. I don't deserve her. Oh, that's uh, wait. I don't know if you can see that whole thing. That's okay, I see about. Olivia. I see Paul. I see Gracie. And who's on the left? Who's on the other side? That is our youngest daughter Celia. She's named after Celia Cruz. Nice. And she is just wonderful. Is she musical as well? Oh yeah, she's full artist. Ah. So now I I haven't seen her featured on your videos as I have Olivia and Paul. Well, Paul and Olivia and I play together every week. Oh, so nice. Oh man, it's more than nice. It's so Celia. It's is, wait, say her name again. Celia, like you're saying celery. Celia. Cel Celia. And so is she? Is she doing her own music off on her own? I don't know if she's doing music now, but she's very musical. She writes incredible songs and lyrics and so no, she's like an independent tattoo artist. She can paint, she can cook, wow. she makes her own clothes. She's just Wow. Okay, that oh wait, and, and how are you a grandfather? I know your grandfather. How are you a grandfather? 
Hold on, next picture. There's our oldest, James, and his son, Izzy, Israel. That's crazy. And Israel I is a freaking consolation prize, I'll tell you, man. He's like the best kid in the world. Oh, how how old is he? Ten now. And and are they is everybody are is are every is the whole family in Hawaii? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. They're here. The best part is when everyone's just over the house watching TV too loud and eating. How many people still live with you? Um, Jimmy, the oldest, he lives with us, mm -hmm. and we have the grandson every weekend. And uh, Celia just moved out, got her own place just this month. She lives How old is Celia? Away on the North Shore. Celia is the 19-year-old. Oh, so she's she's still formidable. She's formidable. That's, uh, that's a good word for her. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, man. I, I didn't know Amazing we were Amazing kids. I, if I say I'm thankful, that's not enough of a word. I heard the song today. It's a beautiful song. What song? Thankful. Oh, thankful. yeah. Yeah. Thankful. It's a beautiful song. Um, so you, you want to show us more pictures or you want to play us some music? If you want pictures, I got pictures. I, All right, you can show us some more pictures. I'm happy looking at your photo album. I got this thing. I'm going to get more out of you that way than I am asking you questions. That's for damn sure. I know. I'm getting better at changing the subject, too. It's really yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, no. wait. I have to tell you. I, I have to talk to you about something because I'm sure you know, but I have to tell you the, the impact on my life. You know, you changed Snuffy's life, and I'm sure you know that. You know that, right? Um, you you yeah. know that what you said to him, and he shares it openly, and I have permission to discuss it. But um, did you did you never have a substance problem? Were you always a normie? Um, I I, I don't know. I think I have a substance problem now. But what substance is it? <laughs> uh, no, you know I I've never been one of those guys who just keeps going like if you, you know i've tried everything everything okay but it, it never got the hook on me where it took me down you know what i mean there was mm -hmm. seasons of too much of this and too much of that and too much of this including sugar and cookies but it, you know and now I, I drink like i discovered wine after the pandemic i really like wine but i probably drink maybe too much of it what is too much? I mean, but you're not getting schnockered. What is and, too much? So I'm not. You're, you're not problems. getting schnockered and and being irresponsible and stuff. Uh, if I'm falling over, it's because I'm old, not because <laughs> I'm old. You got to keep. You got to stop saying that because you're okay. younger than I am, so you don't get to keep saying that. You're not getting um, older. You're getting better. There you go. So, uh, but okay. So we're going to discuss this before you you play. I love you more than you'll ever know. So. Can you, you tell this? I've never heard the story from your side. I've only heard Snuffy's side. Um, you guys were out with with Eric Burden. Eric Burden, and Tony Bronigal, Terry, what's Terry? Wilson. Terry Wilson. Wilson. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ronnie Barron, the amazing New Orleans piano player. Okay. I don't think he did it all, but he did some of it. Anyway, we went to Australia. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just... Eric Burden, he's a party animal, you know. But Snuffy yeah. was supposed to be sober. And we all thought he was sober, and he was putting on a pretty good act for a while. And then one night, man, 
it was pretty obvious that he was cheating and uh i think he crashed through the gate of the hotel okay this this is yeah he crashed through four cars he he hit four cars and crashed through the gate yes okay yeah go ahead yeah i mean there's the the normal <laughs> ugly specifics that go along with rock and roll crash and burn but he and then the the hardest the the, the hardest part was that i thought he was sober and he was promising you know but he was just dumping vodka in his orange juice at, on every gig and after the gig and then so i basically told him look you're you're my friend but man you really let me down and I, if you you know don't unless you can be honest with me and what are we friends for you know so don't call me when you get back to la just like you just go that was it you know and you can say that to a person in an argument or in a discussion, and we're friends. We could, we could always talk about pretty much everything. But I think it hit him in the right place at the right time. Thank God, you know. So it wasn't me. It was he was. Well, he was ready. Yeah, but he was open. But you said it, and it was the exact right words at the exact right time. And for those of you who don't know Snuffy's story, um, he looked at himself in the mirror and saw himself as an alcoholic at that moment and right, right. um and then ordered another double as i understand <laughs> or maybe two but um you but he credits you with opening his eyes and that being the reason that in snuffy is now 41 years sober that's as a result. awesome that is amazing and he's an inspiration too to his people and yes you know, he is whoever he gets to minister to it's it you have to use those stories to help somebody through or bring them along or push them or encourage them or, you know, chastise them, whatever you need to do. I'm just thankful that God put me in that place at the right time and the right place and said with the right words. So that wasn't me. I was just being used. That's how I see it anyway. Well, it's okay that you see it that way. Uh, before we get into that, pl play that, play the song, play the song, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get into all that other stuff. The more than you'll ever know song. Yeah. Play that one. Yeah, I, I, I have to play this song. I wrote this for my little sister, I think, in the basement of our apartment in Connecticut when I was 15. This Get is out of here. Songs. You wrote this when you were 15? One of my first songs. Wow. That one in an imitation Stevie Wonder song called Pretty Lady, I think it was called. Oh, no, I want to hear a little of that, too. Okay, go. Yeah. Anyway, this song has got legs, man. It's... You know what's really cool is when a song is not a hit, but it just finds its way into people's lives and weddings and, you know what I mean? That that makes it so much more valuable than if it was on pop radio because then, you know, then it's everybody. It's very valuable. This been covered, who covered it, I gotta say, Carl Anderson, do you know who Carl Anderson is? He was a great singer in LA. Yeah, amazing. He was, uh, he played Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, cool. Years ago. Amazing actor and singer. Anyway, that uh, Carl did it. Natalie Cole did it. Um, Arif Martin did the arrangement. Nat uh, uh, Roberta Flack sings this song. I don't know if she recorded it, but she loves it. Wow. We have, to we have to talk about some of that, too, because you've had and a Michael lot of people Ruff. do Michael your Ruff stuff. Too. <laughs> Michael Ruffs. But nobody sings it like Michael Ruff sings it. Smart water. It's in my headphones. <laughs> okay. 
Smart, it's a bunch of Dutch, but smart ass water. <laughs> anyway, and the other good part of this story is that everyone in the Philippines knows this song. This is the number one. Everyone, every single person. <clears throat> well, it's number that. two karaoke song in the Philippines. The first one is, you know. <laughs> is, is it really a big karaoke song? Yeah, it's huge. So every time I call tech support and it's somebody from the Philippines, I ask them if they know more than you'll ever know. And they all say yes. Most of them say yes. That's great. India, not so much, but. Uh, well, yeah. It's a different. Do they, do they help? Do they give you better help if they know the song? My wife right now, she's not, don't do the Indian accent. Don't do it. <laughs> Control yourself. Well, you haven't done it yet. Okay. You're, you haven't then, sang yet either. Do the damn song. Go. More than you'll ever know. <laughs> what was that? I guess that's okay. Yeah, why not?
sing along tech support I love you more than you kind of ridiculous that that was not a huge hit for you a number one for you i it, that's a, just a gorgeous song it's just uh, a stunning yeah song. i had my shot had my chance well, no. what do you think that's about i played that because... for clive davis and he, and he i had a, a friend of mine arranged a meeting with clive davis like mm -hmm. the hills you know hotel in the ballroom on the piano cool and he came in with his guy and they sat down and they said Play me a song, and I played more than you'll ever know, and uh, something else. I think once in a lifetime or something. Oh, and he was, I would love you to do that. Thank too. you very much. And then he told me, "No, I, no, I don't. I don't. I don't see anything special here." Stop and, that. That was, that was my Clive Davis. Wow. Well, he must have been in a really it's the bad music mood. business. It is what it is. What it's always been, and that's okay. Thank God. Thank God. Because I wow, fully not that a poser. I'll, sometimes I'm a poser. Do you do you think I'm opposed to posers? Um, do you think you just do you think do you think you ever sabotaged yourself in any way? In every way. In every could. way. How, how, how so? Honestly, and I'm thankful for it. But I wish I had sort of you know, you don't know what you know until you know. Exactly. You, know that you don't know nothing. But when you're young and you're, you know, I was thinking musically and not thinking as an artist, trying to make it as an artist about image and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Not so much. I was more of a musician. Like when I made my first record, um, Pat Raines told me, he goes, man, if this, and that was in 1982, mm -hmm. produced by Tommy LaPuma, wow. one of the greats of the greats. And he came to the Flying Jib. I'm going to backtrack mm -hmm. here a little bit. He came to the flying jib and he saw me sing this song called Once in a Lifetime. Oh, with, please do that. All right. No, not this second, but yeah. All right. Go ahead. I can't sing that. I need a helium balloon. Um, <laughs> Andre Fisher. Let me give some props to my beautiful musician friends. Andre Fisher mm -hmm. on drums, Bobby Watson on bass, mm -hmm. Ornell Jones, Maxanne Lewis, Tony Patler, Tony Maiden on guitar. So it was a rocking band. And then everyone would come sit in, all the, the, the R&B superstars. And uh, so Tommy LaPuma came to the club and he heard us sing that song. And he came up to me afterwards and he was like, you're just a great artist. I, I want to sign you to Warner Brothers Records. And I was like, yeah, okay, you know, go have another drink. We'll talk to you. Here's, he goes, here's my card. Call me, call me tomorrow. But he, was, he meant it. It was real. It was like, it was cool. And I signed to Warner Brothers and... And uh, we made a really good record, but it was an, so Pat Rain said, if it was 1978, 
it would have been a big record and it was it was a really great music for 1978 but it was mm -hmm. 1982 and it was like madonna and um prince controversy and uh, uh warner i was on warner brothers right so it was all the artists with large reverb <laughs> and my record didn't have large reverb it was you know steve gadd and abel boreal and john steve Rollins. gadd uh, yeah so it was you know a more down home treatment of a record mm -hmm. but and, and once again retrospectively thank god because you don't want to be famous you know i worked for all those famous people i've been in the rooms uh, the back rooms and the front rooms with all those famous people and you don't want to be there you sell your soul so but that but that was fun though when not having to be them but ha but getting to do that was fun right fun no experience sometimes it was fun you know hanging with friends is fun and traveling the world is fun mm -hmm. you know and chum is fun but yeah i don't know i don't know so when you say you know you sabotage yourself in all ways and and you're grateful for it but I'm sh I mean, I think everything happens for a reason exactly as it's meant to, exactly when it's meant to. So I'm sure there's nothing you would take back. But can you point to? I could have used a couple of hit records so that the check would keep coming in. That would be mm. nice. And so the, 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 I kind of regret not having publishing deals along the way. I had offers for some, and then I, I either asked for too much money or I was like, Oh, I'm not giving my stuff away, man. You know, did but, you have ego when you were doing all this? <laughs> <laughs> I've always had ego. Yeah. Okay. You can't be an artist and not have ego. But if you have ego and humility and, you know, faith and compassion, they, they can go together. I don't think anybody's any good if they don't have some ego about what they do. You have to confidence in it, but not. Look at well, me. Snuffy or, described you as someone who always had a lot of confidence, not in a, in a in a really good way. That you had tremendous confidence. That that you could just sit down, and he said no two shows were ever the same because you oh. were just so in the moment and trusted yourself so much. It's a natural gift. I, I'm, I'm. It's cool. It gets me through because gets me through. If I had to think about it, I I'd be dead in the water. But so how did you sell these songs to people? Like how did how did Bonnie do Cry on My Shoulder? How did how did you who was doing that for you? Who was getting your stuff to people? Nobody. Uh, they would come to shows and hear a song. Oh. You know, and in those days it was cassettes. Yeah. Right. So, um Bonnie, I I uh she used to come and sit in with us. Did at, you know Michael O'Keefe? Did you know her husband? No, not really. I met him a few mm -hmm. times, but um, but so she would come in and, and she would sit in with you. Yeah. She used to sit in. We would just musically hang, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, then Don Was, who was producing mm -hmm. the Nick of Time record, asked me to come over and find keys for the songs that they, had, they were choosing at the time. Mm -hmm. they had, you know, 30, 20, 30 songs, I think. And so we, we went to his house and we were like looking for the keys and no, let's try this and maybe this needs a bridge or maybe, you know. So just basically piano vocals for those songs. 
And then I had given him uh, and Bonnie a cassette mm-hmm. of some songs that I thought maybe she would like. I don't know, remember what was on the cassette. Mm-hmm. And then on the B side of the cassette was Cry on, a demo of Cry on My Shoulder, which I did at Art Munson's house in L.A. And I didn't know it was on there. And she heard that, and she liked that song. So that's how, that's how I got that cover. Cool, yeah? It's very cool. Yeah. And, she and, did and could job. the album have been bigger than it was? Absolutely not. It was fucking crazy well, huge. Perfect timing. And she was over Warner. She had just left Warner Brothers for the same reverb reasons and probably a lot of <laughs> And um, yeah, I think it was Capital. Maybe it was Neil Portnow or Gary Gilbert, somebody like that was just her champion. Mm-hmm. You know, make the record you want to make. She made the record she wanted to make. And it was good that it was that popular, you know. Especially for an artist who's considered a, a blues, you know, blues artist, which she's an artist artist. We just saw she's her. She's an artist. She's my John favorite. John Cruz and I opened for her um, a few weeks ago. She really? Played, yeah, she played in Honolulu. And John and I opened as a duo. How fabulous. I showed you. See how it all ties together? <laughs> so, yeah. And Another one of my friends uh, played with you, uh, Lee Sklar. I, I didn't know that, you, that Lee had played with you. And then I just saw a little video. He did a little show in, to, to honor you, actually, and a recording that you guys did together. But he was talking about the Sheffield Lab. Recording. Yes. He, Live to he, two tracks. George Masters. Yes, he was. Doug Sachs. Claire Marlowe. Yeah, at Capitol. Live to two tracks. Everybody all at once. So he was talking about how, you know, that recording process. And- yes, he was. You, you've you played with extra- you, Cheryl Crow sang backup for you. I mean, that's just, that's pretty crazy, right? V- Vonda Shepard. I mean, all these people have been in your... You know, somebody good is playing, you go down and you sing and you jump in and, you know, yeah. My favorites were the Lennon brothers. You know the Lennons? Mark Lennon, Kip Lennon, Michael. I don't. Pat. They are the either the brothers or the sons or the relation to the Lennon sisters. They Wait, I do know them. They have a band. They have a band. Venice. Venice. Yes, I met them a yeah. few years ago at NAMM. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're just incredible people and incredible singers, you know. Mm-hmm. So we always had great singers. Leslie Smith. We'll sing I, with Joe I Toronto, Leslie, Leslie and Joe together. Yes, I love Leslie. They've, yeah, Leslie's fabulous. You've, You've had amazing people. people. Yeah. You've had amazing people. And so in Hawaii, do you have incredible people that you get to play with there? All the time. All the time. Hawaii has its own music business. Mm-hmm. It has its own music, which grows out of the ground here. Wow. Represents Hawaii and its people in a way that mainland music cannot do. How so? You can dance the words to a story or a song. And that that story or that song could be thousand years old. And they pass on the language, they pass on the culture, they pass on the knowledge through hula and i don't know about any place in the, else in the world where you can dance the lyrics to a song you know what i mean i mean i don't i love you you can sign them you know more than you'll ever know but that ain't hula hula is a beautiful thing and hawaiian music is incredible if you you know you come to hawaii and you look around and you go and it's beautiful 
that's how the music feels and that's how it is. And and they have their own music business and great artists everywhere. So do you play different? Do you play, is what you play different when you play there? Well, I mean, I just play with the artist if they're, if I'm only when you're doing your own note show. or just the chord or not. I play piano too, which isn't really, there's not a lot of piano in, in traditional Hawaiian music. It's mostly guitar. Mm-hmm. In the hapa, Hapa means mix. Uh, hapa Hawaiian music. There's piano. You know, you know. Uh. That kind of stuff. But no, I just back people up uh, if they need. I'm just. But you do your own thing too. I mean, you play with Olivia and with Paul, right? Yeah, we play soul music and covers and originals and stuff. We just look at each other and go, what do you want to play? I don't know. And Olivia looks <laughs> on her phone. She goes, how about that Isley Brothers song? Or how about this one? Or, I like this song. Let's try that. Let's try Jolene, you know. So we just play. We laugh nice. and have a good time. And it's, man, it's just beautiful. Olivia's in the zone as a person and as a singer right now. She's amazing. So so did you ever have like the... I'm going to look for my pictures and talk about it. Was she um, ever like a teenager? Did she ever like roll her eye? Like, oh, dad. Like, did she, did you go through any of that with her? Or was she never like that? They do that all the time. Okay, because my kids just, you know, my daughter rolls her eyes at me all the time. Oh, no, that's their job. And you have to roll your eyes at them, too. It's all good. That's that's what we're here for. There's a Oh, I got a picture of Snuffy from the baked potato. Oh, my. There's Leslie Smith. There he is. Yep. Um, when, when did Olivia start playing with you and Paul? Well, Olivia has been doing it for a while. I saw a video from about 12 years ago and she was playing with you. She was, we toured together in 2009 and she's always come and sung since she was a little kid, but, uh, she was doing her artist thing up until COVID. She was in Oakland, I think. And, um, then she came over from Oakland to lock down with us when that, that whole thing happened. I can't mm. remember the month or the year. Um, I'll try to make this sort of long story short. Um, and she, she, she came over here, and we were all together in the same house for a while. And then she had just gotten her own place on the North Shore mm-hmm. um, in Princeville. And one day she started uh, slurring her words and sending me gibberish texts. And we were like, are you okay? Are you okay? You better go get checked out, you know? And things were all so COVID weird. You couldn't even like look out your window without somebody looking at you funny. So her friend brought her to the hospital. She had an MRI. They medevaced her to Queens Hospital on Oahu. She had a brain hemorrhage. I forget the, um, forget the acronym, but it was from, it was congenital. It was from birth Two veins that hadn't formed correctly. Uh-huh. They did all the tests. It was operable, but they had to wait a month before the swelling went down, you know. And uh, it was touch and go for a minute, but wow. she didn't lose any of her motor skills. And her memory, you know, maybe not the same as it used to be, but not debilitating. And she's moved back to Hanalei. She works on a farm. She's paddling, you know in the paddle club and playing volleyball and loving it. She's healthy and healthy as can be and singing just better than ever. 
So when I say I'm thankful, I'm going to say it again. Wow. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. And it's amazing. She works hard. Paul, um, he's 21. He plays percussion with us, and he works his ass off, too. He runs a recycling place. You know, he drives the trucks out to different locations and does all that. And, and they work like hell during the week, and then we show up on Friday night and uh, clink the glass and laugh at each other, and they make fun of me the whole time. You know, Paul's <laughs> back there playing cojon, and then he'll, he'll look at me and he'll go, I'm a cool guy. <laughs> um, we have fun. We have so much fun. I love that. I and they're great that. musicians. Great musicians. Paul picked up guitar like two months ago, and he's already playing everything. Yeah, wow. it's, it's beautiful. Wow. Well, I'm they, they, they have some good genes going on there. So speaking of playing incredible, play something. Play something. Play us something. Um, once in a, You don't want to play once in a lifetime, but you, you, you want to play my favorite song? <laughs> once in a I like that you got your Michael McDonald on for that. That's all you need for that. <laughs> you need Michael McDonald. How about playing my favorite song? I'll play Wishing Well. Me, okay. Uh, Wishing Well. I'm going to put up a drum loop or something. I know it's obnoxious. Okay. But I'll do it anyway. By the way, there's somebody here named Michael Goudreau. Does that name mean anything to you? Because you yeah, tell him I said hi. I, he's right here. You're, you're telling him yourself. Okay. Hi, Michael. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know you are. I'm just kidding. Like, I don't, I'm not, I don't have Instagram. I don't have Facebook. So I won't be able to watch this unless. Antisocial. I know. My wife plays it for me. So I don't really I don't pay attention to all that stuff. And hopefully there's still people looking for music. I apologize if I haven't put any out. I have a whole new record in the can, brand new. And when I say record, that's because. Because <laughs> we're old. Cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> studio record. And then we've been recording live for the past couple of years, and we have some really good stuff. So hopefully I'll be able to put that out and do a little tour and play some clubs. So wait, when you come to California, what, what are you going to be playing when you're here? You're not going to be doing that stuff. No, no, no. You'll be playing with John Cruz. And he, you're playing with John Cruz and that's different. He's worth seeing. He's a great singer and songwriter. So you're going to be playing his stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Are you featured? I assume you're featured. Yeah. Cause I have a big ego. So I just push my, <laughs> Look at me. Listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> no. Uh, let's see what happens here. Okay, go ahead. Go do your thing here. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. This is my friend Lupe on drums. He's good. Steady. <laughs> you only got to pay them once. Can you hear that? Is this not all right? <laughs> it sounds, by the way, somebody said that your sound is fantastic. So they're hearing it out there. It took me freaking three days to get this microphone working. It was worth it. I had to go to Target and buy a webcam. <laughs> Sleeping, baby. 
Till you come to 
me Yes I will What do I have to do To make it happen baby Throw my penny in the wishing well Well I throw my penny down Into the wishing well I keep on hoping till you come to me Yes I will What do I have to do To make it happen baby I throw my penny in the wishing well I throw my penny down You know, I, Stephanie and I sit there and watch the video and marvel at how the hell you do that, how you're playing something completely contradictory. Yeah, I, I don't understand how you do that. How it works inside the brain. You just bring it to the front. It, you bring it to the front. Okay, so, so I'm, I'm <laughs> how... I'm going to ask you, we're going to go here because I'm I'm going to ask you, I don't know if you're going to tell me, we'll see where this goes, but so what happened in your life? What changed in your life so that you found God? <laughs> Thank God you have a sense of humor about it, or this would be really hard to do. You want to sum it up? Thank God. That's, you thank just sums it up right there. It's thank God. You get to a place where you 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 realize that you're not running under your own power, that there is a higher power, mm -hmm. and and then through Jesus Christ, that becomes a conversation with Him, and then it becomes personal, and then you get forgiven for who you are. And it's not about being a good person or a bad person. If you're a human being, your heart your heart is wicked. It's a wicked heart. We own. We have beautiful qualities, but it's a wicked heart. That's why we always go down those paths, you know? Anyway, God forgives you for all that. So. Do you forgive you? Yes. I don't deserve it. You know, I don't deserve forgiveness and grace. Ooh. And my wife's name is Grace. So for I know that. I have double grace in my you life, I like to say. Because I don't deserve her either, you know? Do your kids, are, do your, do your kids, are your kids involved in that as well? They grew up in church, mm -hmm. in and out of church over here. And I think, you know, I think they have faith. I'm not sure how deeply they're living it. Cause you know, mm -hmm. people, they live on their faith depending on what they need. Like mm -hmm. people tend to go to faith when they need it, mm -hmm. prison converts, so to speak. But even in real life, it's like that, you know? Oh, forgive me, God, I messed up. Or I'll, if only this time, you know, just this time, I'll, I'll change. I promise I'll change, you know. I used to play Let's Make a Big Deal with God. Yeah, you know, you give me this, I'll do that. Yeah, I, 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 I was one of those. It's your game, while. and none of it is your game. And you, you, when you learn that, then you realize how, you know, how wonderful he is. And, it's and cool. so faith is still, about, uh, about you, you do spiritual music as well, correct? Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely. I don't, we don't go, we're not going to church currently. Um, but. It looks like you're getting ready to show me a picture of playing know, this song. I can't, no. I can't figure out which you're about to do. Oh, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm looking through pictures because my wife sent me a whole bunch of pictures. I didn't have pictures of us. And then there's some funny ones in here. Jeez. Well, so show us a couple. And then I looked at your poster because, okay, the poster that you put up. Mm -hmm. There's one right there. It's for you. <laughs> That's very funny. That's the one you should have used. <laughs> the gorilla on your back, huh? Yeah, thank you. Oh, okay, here's a good one. Hold on. Change, see me change the subject again? Wasn't that cool? Uh, yeah. Slick, really slick. I'll never change the subject away from God, though. I promise. Crystal Husband's on here. Oh. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Crystal? Of course you do. Crystal, no, help me. Yes, Crystal Husband from uh, um, at my place. She used to go all the time. And, and uh, anyway, she made my ear. Yes, you know, Crystal, you're huge okay. fan. She's at all your gigs. Cool. It's been long ago and far away. It's been long ago and far away. I have a picture um, of you and Snuffy in here. Oh, look at Paul and Olivia showing off over here. No. This is Kauai. You know, this is about trucks. <laughs> is Kauai about trucks? You know, I've oh, never been to Hawaii. Yeah. Snuffy's threatening to bring me, so mm -hmm. I've never been. <laughs> it's about that, huh? There he is. Look at him, man. He looks like Thor. It's cool. So, so obviously, they are close siblings. They are simpatico, those two, huh? Man, everybody gets along so well. It's it's amazing and beautiful. And my wife and I would just look at each other and go, this is this is what it's about. They all lean on each other. They call each other. We, you know, because families can get. OK, so I, I was telling you before the show, I heard you say something that that I really loved. And I don't remember before what song you said it, but you said relationships are not um, exchange. Not, what, what was the word you used are not replaceable? And you said, you know, sometimes they get kind of funky, but, you know, you stick around and it comes around and, um, and you said, and, and believe me, I know. So I'm assuming from that, that it's not always wine and roses in your life, that there are challenges and. You, you have kids, right? I have, I do. I have, I have two kids. How old are they? My son is 28. My daughter's 25. Okay. Then you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know anybody with a family, you know. You just keep showing up. That's what I like to say. Just keep showing up. But, but even with each other, I mean, are, are you and Gracie, are, are you so evolved that you guys never have stuff? We're married. We have stuff. Yes, because there's stuff. There's stuff. We have stuff. I have my stuff. She got her stuff. And then we put our, all our stuff together and <laughs> we got to forgive each other and keep moving along and love each other, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Do you think you are? I love her more than ever, too, which is really a great place to be. That's well, a wonderful place to be. Yeah. 20... I was, I almost blew it. So. I'm going to say how so, and I know you're not going to answer me, but how so? By being a man, hello. Anyway, uh, sorry, I'm being a smart ass again. A little bit. She thought, she thought I was Prince Charming. 
you know yeah she, she didn't realize that i was still had avenues open here and girlfriend here girlfriend there and you know so when the trust that initial trust is broken it's mm -hmm. really hard to get that back you gotta like gotta build it back and only time uh, god can do that how okay but as human beings how did you build it back just keep showing up mm -hmm. loving each other forgiving each other fighting working through it you know raising kids but i mean if you're raising kids and going to work stuff like that you're, you're busy mm -hmm. you're not just off on a retreat talking to someone named jasmine about your inner feelings <laughs> you know yeah. nobody's got time for that shit. we all have three jobs and we're busy man driving them around and making sandwiches and picking up their messes and you know so we've been through a lot of stuff and and the kids are binders but then where where your kids are, can be your binder mm -hmm. if you're in a marriage you know mm -hmm. hold on i need some marriage talk music here let's go. <laughs> get all new age on you <laughs> just have to look inside yourself and find <laughs> the light, and then share that light and let that light out by opening your heart which is your light your heart <laughs> Yeah, you don't do that kind of stuff, do you? No, no. you don't. No. I We're, saw you produce look, John I'm Tesh, Italian. That was interesting. I'm Italian, and my wife is is a Latina. So needless to say, we're, we're not like new age fighters. <laughs> we get in there and, you know. You know, you know how to get down and dirty. I don't mean dirty, but I, I mean, come on. It, it's got to get loud sometimes if Latina and Italiano. No? Yeah, but it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. I don't, you know, you don't want to live your life like just hiding under a rock or pretending to be somebody you're not. That'd be yourself, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I believe that. And then there's times when you get mad, you can let it out. There's times when you get mad, you can't let it out. You got to learn how to be a good partner, you know? So, so I assume you guys work at that. Do you, do you, do you, yeah, do you have that. good communication? Cause you obviously know how to skirt things and you know how to change the subject and you know, so in your relationship, do you think you're a good communicator? I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. Do you try to be? I assume you try to be. Yeah, well, we get better. I mean, we know each other really well now, so it's easier mm -hmm. for us to communicate. Mm -hmm. We don't have to go as far to find that, you know, find out what's really going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. So, so I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. That's the key word. Do, do you want to play thankful? thankful? What would you like? Play, play us something before we, we say goodnight. Play, play something. It's afternoon for you, but it's starting to be evening here yeah I don't know what, what would you like to uh something new something old something borrowed something blue what would you like to play thankful is on the internet by the way um leslie's on the show he's he's watching it on linkedin hey love you les as do i, I don't know. that's thankful i put some track well i don't mean play electronically i mean play for us you can do it with a track but yeah, but the tracks are good. Anyway. Yeah, the tracks are good, but play us something there. Uh, okay.
Okay. Pretend you're in your your club on Friday night. Um, man, I'm shutting down here. <laughs> no, one more song before you shut down. <laughs> I'm shutting down. Help don't me. don't do oh, it to me. I'm shutting down. I'm shutting down. Oh goodness. Well, I can't really think of a song I want to play. And I don't, we don't play Thankful Live. Actually. How about Money? Can you play Money? Puts a smile on my face. Puts a smile on my face. I haven't played that song for 35 years. I don't care. It's yours. Yeah, but that's like... <laughs> I can't even remember all my kids' names. Never mind a song. <laughs> money keeps a smile on my face. Oh, that was about like surgery, getting surgery to... Hi, <laughs> I'm on the internet. Yeah. Money keeps a smile on my money, keeps a smile on my money, keeps a smile on my face. I don't remember the lyrics. So play something new that you remember. Play something that you're going to play for that you played last Friday night. Uh, I'll play a little bit of a new song. Okay. ever gonna come true everybody stopped thinking about themselves and when you have a child you learn it ain't all about you I wish the world could recognize this love look at these miracles beautiful children ever gonna come true I just try to be around if ever you need me if ever you're lost and you're all alone don't you know that you can always come back home That's beautiful. Beautiful children. <laughs> well, well, I hope now that you have the webcam and the whole, okay. <laughs> and the whole deal. Throwing this do... shit out as soon as we're done. Oh, this is out of here. <laughs> oh, you got to do more of this. You got to do more of this and, and have fun with it because people miss you um, over here on the mainland.
I'm going to make videos making fun of gamers, making fun of other gamers. I'm just going to keep the train rolling. Michael, thank you so much for doing this. I know it's not your favorite thing. I'm sorry. I, I Well, thank you. Thank you. And I'm, I hope I wasn't too belligerent at times. No, you're, you're, you're Michael Ruff, and, and that's exactly what I asked for, and that's what you gave me, and that's just perfect the way it is. And, anyway, uh, those watching, thank you. I, I hope you enjoy and, and the music and all that stuff. So, well, you you'll never see the comments and everything, but everybody's been having a wonderful time. And the the one comment that keeps coming up is how great you sound. So all that effort you put into making it sound good worked was worth. Oh, it. thank you, Eric Gilliam. Thank you for helping me, coaching me. And my sister, Shia, she um she helps people put studios together for ESPN. Like that's her job. Wow. So she was walking me through it yesterday. Well, she did a great job. Put that there. Move that here. Move that over here. No, don't do that. Do this. Do that. Well, it all came out great. And thank you for, I know this was kind of like going to the dentist and having a tooth extracted, but I really appreciate you doing it. Yeah. I've gotten away from talking about myself. I never really was good at it anyway. So anyway. Well, you speak. I hope you bless somebody. I appreciate you. and, And I, Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. Appreciate it's it. absolutely my great pleasure. And I am so excited that you're coming in June because we will be there wherever that ends up being. Yeah, you got to check out John too. He's the real deal, man. Well, I look forward to it and I look forward to meeting you. And I know Snuffy's going to be thrilled to see you. Okay, thank you. Thank Have you. a beautiful day. You too, Michael. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye.